everyone's stories. Okay, we are live. We are live on location uh, at a very awesome location on 124th Street and 107th Ave with Mr. Barnes at the Roxy Theater Rebuild. So, hello, Mr. Barnes. Thanks, thanks for being on. We're episode. What did I say? Episode 18. Wow, 18 or eight. So that's 18 weeks. That's 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 pretty cool. Um, so. Why don't you, Dave? Why don't you tell us a little bit where you uh, where you grew up? Tell us a little bit about uh, your family life and how how you kind of decided to be a carpenter. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting story. I uh, born in Fort Saskatchewan. Okay, uh, raised there. Uh, didn't really know my dad growing up. It was a single mother situation. My grandparents, my grandfather, and my grandmother were. My grandfather was a janitor of my school. My grandmother was a secretary. So, uh, yeah, you know, growing up in the elementary there, I helped my grandfather every day after school. I mopped bathroom floors from kindergarten to grade seven, took out garbages, you know, um, uh, you know, up to grade seven in Fort Saskatchewan, enjoyed the place. My uncle was uh, an alderman at Fort Saskatchewan, so family is fairly well known there. At about uh, 12, my mother met a Ukrainian sheep farmer in Redwater, and uh we moved out to Redwater, go to a big sheep farm, and, and um, maybe you've heard Chaz of the sheep that eat the grass outside of Fort Saskatchewan. Fort Saskatchewan actually rents two or three hundred head of sheep every summer, and they herd them around the town and they eat the grass around the ditches and stuff. Edmonton started doing that a couple yeah. years ago. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I guess it would be third years now ago. Um, my family started that program. Cool. Fort Saskatchewan, right? So, awesome. Uh, you know, kind of a city kid going out to the farm. It was quite an eye opener. You know, big farm. We had 200 head of sheep. You know, um, it was a big change for me. So, uh, pre-teens and early teens on the farm there, and uh, learned a lot. Snowmobiled a lot, quadded. Uh, of course, had to do stuff around the farm. And uh, right about that time, I kind of, the restless young man, you know, teenager, started to get into trouble and uh, ended up leaving the farm. Okay, and, uh, and kind of striking out on my own a bit there. Um, met up with my real dad at that time and uh, ended up moving in with him. So of course, as a teenager, no place to go, uh, ended up staying with my dad. So a little interesting there, you know, my dad was a single guy. Uh, he was flipping houses at the time. He was a power engineer and he was flipping houses. So uh, we would just stay in whatever house he was flipping at the time. And uh, he had no rules for me. He didn't care if I came or went, right? As long as I had some food in my belly, he was okay. And, you know, as a teenager, I kind of enjoyed that lifestyle, right? And uh, then, you know, he decided, okay, well, we gotta, gotta go to school and we gotta go be the decent thing. And we went to uh, we went Sherwood Park together, him and I. So grade 10 for me at Salisbury Comp. Sherwood Park, back in school, back to a normal life, not, you know, living in, buildings and doing whatever I wanted and uh, yeah, went to Sal uh, three years there got my diploma and uh, yeah from there I uh, you know always had odd jobs I worked on a dairy farm you know all through high school and uh, when I was in high school I got to be a big part of the automotives program at Sal where we raced cars we built a car and raced at a capital raceway every weekend really yeah so that was kind of interesting I was really I was going to be a mechanic you know 
and I had frames with my dad and my teens and stuff and a bunch of renovations and I could frame a house but I didn't want to be a carpenter I was dirty and, and hard work and I was just I liked cars cars were way more fun so after high school I got a job at a lube shop Lubex in Sherwood Park and started changing oil and you know kind of getting into that industry and uh, that's actually where I met my wife hmm. she came in looking for a job so, uh, so, you know, I convinced the boss to hire her and I was going to change oil and, and yeah, there I was, you know, going to be a, a mechanic. And, uh, right about at that point, uh, a guy came in in a Maple Rinders company truck. I would have been 18 years old, summer of 96. And, uh, he came in in a company truck and I was a pretty busy guy running around and he asked me how much I made. And, you know, I was the top dog head flew back. So I stood up tall and said, I'd make $4 an hour. Was a top paid guy that too at the time. And he said, oh, how about this? I'll pay you 12, you come do some concrete work for me right now. And I was like, wow, $12 an hour, I'll work for the summer and retire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, set I'll the work. world on After fire I, for know, 12 bucks an hour. Right, I was thinking, yeah. man, this, this is this is the end of it for me. I'm just gonna work the summer and then I don't have to work for the rest of my life. And uh, so yeah, I said, well, okay, you know, and I had gotten together with April at the time and and it was out of town work, right off the bat. Right off the bat was out of town. So uh, I agreed and we went there and my first job, we were doing 30 foot walls with big gang forms, cranes and such. And, um, you know, I kind of surprised them because they thought I was just, uh, you know, labor that didn't know anything. And I showed up with a pouch and I knew about form work and I could drive a nail fast and I could, you know, I was pretty eager to get things done. So uh, yeah, they hired me, and I that was the beginning of my career in construction. So. Hmm. And you were 19? 18? I was 18. 18? 18. And 96? 96, yeah. Summer of 96. So it was a good year, right? So Awesome. So you started at Maple, yeah. and you were at Maple for how long? Five years. Five years. And so did you do your entire apprenticeship at Maple then? Yes and no. So uh, I fell into a trap what lots of people do and I try to tell people to avoid this um I jumped into Maple and was pretty eager uh, and they gave me raises right off the bat so within two years I was making journeyman rate and I wasn't a journeyman yeah yeah okay. um, making the money without having to do the that, school that's right and it's a bit of a trap right so yeah. um the the super that I was working for there his name was Dale McLaughlin I followed Dale from job to job and I was his right hand and you know we got a lot done and I poured thousands of meters of concrete big walls and lots of big stuff and I had a lot of fun but soon realized that I was gonna end up working for Dale until I retired unless I got a ticket or something that I could travel with right because anywhere else I was a first year yeah with Maple I was a journeyman yeah uh, so kind of stuck there right so but I still followed Dale because I like that right and um, you know we we went around we did a 30-story tower with Pegnata Maple or uh, Dale quit Maple went to Pegnata and we did a tower there, 30, 30 floors. And, uh, you know, we went to Corbone Dixon for a bit together and did a few hotels together. And uh, I followed Dale for a long time, a long, long time, right? Um, but after five, six years, I was getting tired of being on the road, tired of living out of my truck. My girlfriend at the time was quite tired of me only being home two days a month, four days a month. Um, so my last job with Maple Rinders, we were in Lake Louise building a water treatment plant. Beautiful, had a company truck, nice fully furnished condo. It was like, it was what a mid 20 year old guy dreams of. And actually I quit and uh, and I was driving home and that was back when uh, 
you, the cell phones wouldn't work out of the city. Yeah. Do you remember the Fido yeah. phones? I yeah. I had a Fido phone and I, had, I stopped in Calgary to call her and she said, we have to talk. And I said, yeah, we do. She said, I can't live like this. I don't want a boyfriend that's never around. And I said, good, because I'm coming home right now. And she was quite surprised that I'd quit anything, right? Yeah. Um, so I came home and I started framing houses. I joined the Carpenters Union and started my own company framing houses, right? So framed for a couple years, enjoyed it. You know, I mean, framing is glorious. Anyone that's done it. Is, yeah. I mean, the pay is shit, but uh, it's yeah. glorious. I love it, right? It's almost like it feels like that's what you were meant to do. Yeah, yeah. Right? Man, there's it, nothing better, right? Yeah, I still get excited when I get to frame stuff. Yeah. Like, super excited. Yeah, I totally love it. And, you know, the kids would stop by, no, this is my new room, and I just love that, right? Yeah. And I had a pretty good group of guys. I got up to about five guys. We were rolling pretty hard. And I was doing some side concrete work, some grade beams here and there. I had my own forms. And, and I was going pretty good. I was going pretty good. And then I got a call from Dale again. And Dale says, you know what? I landed a superintendent's position with Ellis Don. And uh, the guys here aren't very good. And I need someone like you. And maybe your whole crew of carpenters. And uh, by this time, I had got my journeyman ticket. You know, I when I was framing houses on my own, you I did went, your thing. I did my thing, and it's important. Did your time, right? It's important. I got my ticket, and uh, so here I was thinking, man, cornered my crew and said, "Hey guys, are you uh, are you interested in uh, going to work in a union company, big concrete again with Ellis Don?" And uh, my whole crew said, "Yeah." So we all went to the Alberta Heart Institute. That was my mm. getting back into the game, right? Yeah. Uh, 220 foot freestanding cores there. Nice. Right. And, uh, you know, my framers, they'd done a little concrete with me, but this was like, this is big boy big, stuff. Big boy stuff. And yeah. they were just, wow, tower cranes and forms and yeah. stuff, right? And, Riggers and oh, yeah. radios. And, and like, you know, you don't miss a beat, otherwise you will die. Yeah. You know what I mean? When yeah. you put a brace on there, it isn't, is it going to hold? No, it, it's going to, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so did two big buildings with Elston, the Alberta Heart Institute, and the Lois Hole Center. And still to this day, that Lois Hole Center, that hospital there, um, that was kind of my biggest concrete achievement there. There's a set of stairs on there that go out over the street that's encased in glass, right? I did all the formwork. I took care of everything there on that whole building. It was a big job. That's kind of my my jewel in my hard hat, right? Feather in your cap. Yeah, that one, right? And uh, so I guess... Uh, from there, you know, uh, I went to PCL Industrial, right? Scaffolded, tube and clamp, became a ticket and scaffolder there in the union, right? I say ticket and scaffolder, but it's kind of a union thing. It's not really outside of the union world. People don't really see Recognize, yeah, yeah, recognize, yeah, yeah. That's right, so uh, PCL Industrial, and I didn't enjoy the industrial world. I had to get away from that. Uh, so one day I took a day off, right? And uh, I just drove into, into the city looking for tower cranes. This is kind of a funny story. My wife laughs that I did this. I just took a day off, went looking for tower cranes, and I went to, uh, and I seen some cranes up at the uh, university, Tech North, Tech South there. And it was still an excavation in the ground. The cranes were up, and I went to the fence, and I looked through the fence, and I actually seen some people that I knew there. So I called their cell phones and said, uh, give your phone to the superintendent. So, they, of course, they did, and I, I talked my way in, got a job with, uh, with PCL commercial, right? Wow cores again right so I did all the freestanding cores at Tech North or not all of them but three of the bigger ones and yeah and then I went to the airport and did a bunch of freestanding cores on the runway 
and uh, on the live runway for that big airport rail, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, the eight years I did with BCL, right? Cores everywhere. I, you know, someone asked me the other day how many cores I've been in charge of, and I over 20. Wow. Where I went from top to bottom wow. and did everything, right? So, um, yeah. So that's kind of now brought me to the end of PCL, and now here I am. It's my third year with Chandos, uh, right? And, uh, yeah, loving it here. Loving it here. So how did you come to Chandos? Well, you know what? Um, truthfully, April and I were struggling with uh, Mike's time at PCL. You know, PCL demands a lot of personal time from their employees. And uh, April and I were going to divorce. We were we were coming to an end, right? And, uh, and then you know we decided we we're going to reconcile. And, uh, and I said okay. And I went and told my managers at PCL that I'm going to get back together with my wife, and I need some time off, and I got to get my life in order. And, and they said, well, if you do, then that's your last day with PCL. And I smiled and said, that's a that's a sign. Then it is, right? Yeah. And that was at the arena. Adam Bradley actually took over my crew when I left there, right? Um, yeah, and I left there and I came looking for a job and, you know, I'd seen Chandos around and I put a resume in and chatted with Kara and, you know, resume is pretty thick, right? So, I, you know, I'm sure I could find a job, right? And Chandos is a bit different, you know, um, so much concrete upward in my life, it's nice to do so, like, something different. Yeah. You know, my dad always said that renovations are where the real carpenters are and you know, in the beginning of my career, I didn't believe them, right? You know, I was like, oh, I don't want to do renovations, right? I want big stuff, or concrete, big cranes. Um, you know, the older I get, though, it's it's nice to, uh, to do something a little bit different, where you're not just pouring big stuff all the time, right? You know, most buildings I did, Chaz, um, as soon as the roof is on, I left. Yeah. Right? Like, I never, you know... It's almost like you miss seeing it through. Yeah, right? Yeah, and I yeah. kind of miss that end of it, you know? I'm yeah. sure I would charge in there and bang up all the concrete get the roof on and go to the next monkey hole right there was never a time i was under a roof yeah so you know my time here at shandos you know i mean we did the rec room at west Hampton mall right that was all inside wow it was have a roof over my head is neat right and then norquest you know you know now here i'm at the roxy lots of concrete again but uh and i'm enjoying it right yeah and it's you know a really awesome client yeah um you know like and like when you came to the rec room, that's when you and I started to really get to know each other. And that was an interesting job working at the mall mm -hmm. and all the in intricacies there. That's and, right, yeah. You know, like, right? Yeah, the different person. Yeah, yeah. The different personalities in that place. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, what is what is your, when you look back upon like your entire career, what's your favorite job? Like, is it the, is it the Lowe's Hole? Is it, is that, is that your favorite or what's your favorite job? So like, I guess you could look in a bunch of different ways. The lowest hole was, wasn't my favorite, but it was by far the most complicated and the biggest scope I've ever had to tackle. Okay, the concrete there is insane. If you ever walk through that building, I did an egg-shaped auditorium yep. with egg-shaped pilasters, like round pilasters, and then a, a, a veneer, one-sided veneer, agilia wall on the outside of this thing. Mm. Right, all round and everything. So like that was like uh, the most complicated and I look back now and love it. But my favorite job, I framed a house one time on this hill and it was a big massive house and uh, it was only a goat trail to get up there. So 
so he paid me and all my crew of framers by the hour to haul all the trusses, all the material, all the joists up this goat path. And we framed this house right up on a hill overlooking this kind of by Vilnu there, overlooking that kind of, I call it the slough, but it was a little nicer pond, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, we couldn't get a crane there. Everything was packed up this goat trail. And, uh, you know, standing on the roof of that thing when I was finished at that, that was pretty. I loved that job. That was that was one of those habits. Like, I'll always remember that. We mm. roped everything up. We, yeah. you know, old school. Block and tackle. Yeah, right. Yeah. Figured out a way, right? You yeah. Know? And uh, so. Yeah, we were just having a conversation about the cans. Yeah, yeah. No, can't there's, do there's this. No cans, right? Can't do that. You know, some people, some generations, I'm not going to say which ones, but like there's a lot of can't do's mm-hmm. you know and you and i come from a yeah. a generation where if you said that You're you, you yeah. can't you can't do something it's a different mindset yeah. it's a different mindset and you know like i think you know your, your entrepreneurial you know drive kind of it negates any of that i can't right because you have to yeah. well you have to i mean or, any anybody who's worked piecework understands yeah, yeah you gotta find a way if you're not moving you're not working you're not making money right so yeah that's that's interesting that's awesome well you know like it's great to have you part of our team you, you know you bring a, not only do you bring a lot of experience but you bring a lot of that good um mentorship along with you too you know like you bring your your experience into every day with you you know like you 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 have those conversations with your with your team which is amazing i love it so we got work stuff out of the way let's talk about your smoking hot wife april and your two boys so let's let's like so you met at a lube center yeah, yeah. and you guys have been together ever since ever since yeah so 96 so three 20 24 years now nice right you know we there was a time like i said at the end of my career at pcl were a couple months where we split up and we were struggling right but i'm going strong now right and we're we're back together i've got two sons liam and levi uh my oldest he's 14 he'll be 15 this year my youngest is 12 he'll be 12 here in a few days and uh yeah you know two boys my house is not quiet i've got a husky and a bulldog and two sons and 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 this so how did you get into fish well yeah actually i figuring you would ask me about fish um so april uh when you know we got together we worked at lubex and she ended up going to school to become a vet tech so she's a vet's nurse right and uh 20 years she's been at that now we've always we've always have animals in the house you know uh throughout the vet tech when she was in school we had cats and dogs and lizards and iguanas and all she would bring home Okay, little bit of a interruption there, but uh, so you, you guys have always had animals. You yeah. come home, there's a bazillion animals you don't understand yeah. or where they came from. That's right. And, and then, well, in, in April's world, uh, that's a blue job to, to say clean up the dog shit. Yeah. Or to clean the cat litter and stuff. So I'm always having to manage freaking all this goddamn animals. When, yeah. And she's happy because they're cuddling with her and they're happy. And I got to deal with the mess that they leave, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, here we are, uh, you know, two dogs and I've, and I've got her down to a dull roar, just two dogs and no more animals, right? And uh, one day, uh, our youngest son, he kind of struggles a little bit with controlling his emotions and he's always very visceral, I'll say. You know, if he feels something, you're going to know it. 
right? If he's mad at you, watch out. Like, you don't turn your back on him, right? So we got him some therapy, and the, the, the doctor said, well, why don't you get a fish tank for his room? Because they're very calming. You can take care of an animal. Some, you're, someone else is relying on you to feed them, so it's kind of, you know, you start to think about other things rather than yourself and calming in your room. So we got him a little fish tank, and April said, well, I've always loved fish. And I said, well, you know, I have too, and I don't mind a fish tank because they're easy to manage. They're not shitting all over the house. Yeah. Right? They're yeah. one spot. You yeah. know what I mean? I can manage that. Yeah. So she found a used saltwater fish tank on Kijiji for a couple hundred bucks. So we bought that. And then the oldest said, well, I, I could use a fish tank in my room, right? So third fish tank. And then that saltwater tank was starting to fail. So anyone that's ever had saltwater tanks, you always end up spending a bunch of money and going big. So we've got this elaborate, you know, in the, the fish keeper world, we have a Red Sea which is if you ever Google Red Sea fish tank, that's the, the Cadillac of fish tank. So we bought the Red Sea and, you know, and then someone had an axolotl that they were going to, it was getting too big for their tank and they had to get rid of it. So we got an axolotl tank now. So now we're up to five tanks, <laughs> right? You know, I've got a, the, the salt water is massive. It's got coral in it and puffer fish and, and all, you know, sh- cleaner shrimp. You can stick your hand in the tank and the cleaner shrimp climbs on your hand and, snails and crabs and you go upstairs and the boys have got you know 25 gallon fish tanks in their room bow fronts with all kinds of angel fish and grommies and like i said and you know now we've got this uh this axolotl right and uh just like a mexican walking fish they're really weird if you ever google that they're kind of a weird thing so kind of was a gradual thing because the doctor was going to get one for the the youngest so that we should right and uh and you know i kind of let april uh she she uh it's easier if she wants animals i don't mind fish because they're easy to manage yeah right and it's kind of live art Chaz. when you come in my house you'll notice if anyone comes to my house they don't talk to you they go and look at the fish tank they yeah. always do everyone does yeah right? kids everyone they just drawn to it right so, yeah so we're enjoying it right and it's a big part of our lives right now right and it keeps me you know i get home from work and i don't have to listen to anyone i go clean fish tanks <laughs> yeah it keeps you busy idle hands something yeah. about idle hands that's right that's right that's, that's right. awesome that's awesome so like what are some of the other things so you you guys are a big pet family so what are some of the other things as a family you guys do well uh, i think we chatted before about this we camp a lot yeah uh, throughout april and i's thing you know we even when we are first met we would throw a couple sleeping bags in the truck and uh, go off to the mountains for the weekend we did this all the time as teenagers and now you know we're in our 40s and we have a trailer nice trailer right um and we do about a month a year in the trailer yeah so every weekend every, you're off every yeah we're off somewheres we're camping we're this we're that we find somewhere to go right favorite place to go the okanagan okanagan, the okanagan yeah uh we we will retire in the okanagan we're making plans right now that's would be the okanagan or north of vancouver on the coast somewhere there right you know so every year we go for a week or two to the okanagan and we so you go to the okanagan yeah we go to the okanagan we look for houses we look for places where we want to retire we really enjoy that that's one of our things we really like to do as a family it's cool so like do, do you see the spark of carpentry in any year one of your boys actually yes and no yes and no i i didn't tell you before my dad like i guess i did my dad is a carpenter my grandfather was a carpenter my dad's dad is a carpenter all my uncles on my dad's side are carpenters um 
And, uh, you know, I built every stick of furniture in my house, most of it without fasteners or power tools, right? With my grandfather's tools. So my kids, you know, just being around me, they just fix anything or do whatever they want, you know? Uh, but my youngest, he's a builder. You mm. see, I catch him like, I have a shop in the basement in the corner and all of a sudden I'll hear noise down there, right? And I'll go down there and he'll be planing a board down. He wants to make a, a fake gun or something. He's always doing something down there, right? My oldest, I don't know, I, he's good with his hands and he can build stuff and he understands leverage but i don't think he wants to build right he wants to do probably computer stuff is what he's kind of into but my youngest he builds like crazy he builds right and he's always asking what i'm doing on the job you know you know i brought him here that one saturday when i had to pick some material up and he was very very interested in the crane and what it could do right so yeah so maybe a fourth generation carpenter, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully I can get him at least to be an engineer or something a little better than a, <laughs> you know, so he's not having to work hard, but uh, but I would welcome him. I got a feeling, you know, in in, uh, in their 1820s that, that they'll be on a job site somewhere, right? That's good. Maybe for you. Yeah, probably. I, I could see it, right? Um, let's go back to that comment. You want him to be an engineer or something other than a carpenter. But there's so much truth in labor. There, there is, there is. The labor shall set, set you free, right? Yeah, you, there, yeah. There's that Latin phrase, right? The labor shall, shall set you free. Yeah. And it's fantastic. But you know, um, any old carpenter, like, and, until unless you make the supervisory position, it's hard on you. It's yeah. hard on your body. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's, you know. Well, look at, look at you and I. Yeah. In our 40s. Yeah. And look at our knees. Look at our yeah. shoulders. Look at our elbows. Yeah, it's, it's hard. But there is truth in hard labor. There, there is. And there's something freeing about it. Yeah. Right? When you yeah. can just, just go and do something. And there's something so satisfying about that. Um, you know, I'm, I built buildings and cast shadows now where there's going to be a shadow for the next 100 years because yeah. of the work I did. Yeah. And that's fantastic. And my kids see. They know the buildings when they go by. Dad, you did that. You did that. You did that. Something fantastic about that. But at the end of the day, you know, we all want something maybe a little better for our kids right you know? yeah you always want you always want your kids to not struggle like you struggled you know that, that's right you know and uh and i still think they'll end up on a job site with me in their in their late teens early 20s and then hopefully in their 30s and 40s they're you know an engineer somewhere or doing yeah. something right hell no yeah, <laughs> that's right. you know yeah and yeah. i always tell them like it, it's good to you need to know how it goes together but hopefully you can you can do something a little more than what you know yeah me and his their mom like we're just kind of blue collar workers april's a vet tech i'm a carpenter yeah you know we're blue collar right you know hopefully the boys can maybe get to the point where they don't have to work for a living don't have to be out in the rain don't have to when it's 30 below yeah they don't have to go bang nails because they have to pay their mortgage yeah right? you know? yeah that's so. awesome man um so like i said before you're such a key member. You're such an you're such an awesome member Thanks. to the team. I like it's awesome. We always, you and I, always have great conversations. Yeah. Whether they're whether they're rub yeah. or not, we always have great conversations. And I, it's it's nice. It's nice to have somebody as passionate about building, you know, like everything around them, people around them, buildings around them, and like that's one of your passions. Is you're a builder. You're a builder of everything in your life. Like if nobody's ever told you that's that's what you are. Yeah. Like I, and, I tend to agree. Right? Um I'm okay with being just a carpenter and I know you are too. Yeah. Um even though I'm using, you know, bunny ears just, but there's something to be said about people who understand building 
in their life. Absolutely. So uh, it's great. It's great to have you on board. Um, well, I know thank you for your story. That's <laughs> that's awesome. I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea, and I know I do rub people the wrong way, but uh, <laughs> I know I do. It's I'm not. I'm not we all do. Yeah. Man, like, but but you're right, Chaz. I'm enthusiastic about what I do. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, if I'm, yeah, there's deep seated passion. Right. Anybody who knows you knows there's you know, this deep seated passion right. about building, building people, building buildings, building whatever it is on that day so that's that's awesome well thank you very much for being voluntold to come on today um i've got some editing to do because uh, my phone is ringing off the hook but um any last words of wisdom from mr barnes to Uh, any of the young just carpenters out there oh boy oh boy oh boy i don't know uh get up early right you know you should be the first one on site if you want to be the boss right good Uh, one you know that's was always my thing right you got to get up early you got to be enthusiastic you got to pursue your job enthusiastically okay you got to put in a ton of effort right you know because if you want to beat me you better get up early yeah so uh, uh, yeah and try your best good awesome thank you very much dave uh it's it was great to talk to you today and have a great day okay thanks chess